Welcome to Every Believer Confident, hosted by Dr. Mark Farnham, where we explore in seven minutes or less how to effectively share and defend your faith. This is apologetics for the average Christian, with ideas and practical principles that can help you this week as you engage unbelievers with the good news of the gospel. Let's go get some confidence. Welcome back to the Every Believer Confident podcast. This is Mark Farnham, the founder and director of Apologetics for the Church which is a local church training ministry to help ordinary Christians become confident to defend and share their faith. Over the course of the last few episodes, we've been talking about the way every unbeliever exchanges the truth for a lie and how he or she does it differently. Romans 1 reminds us that some people exchange the glory for an image, the truth for a lie, or the natural for the unnatural. And these things can be done a thousand different ways. The point simply Romans 1 is making is that every unbeliever knows the truth of God, knows God's holiness, knows that they are guilty before God, and in some way suppresses that truth so that he doesn't have to face up to it. Romans 1 notes that as a result of these exchanges that unbelievers make on a daily basis, God does something. That is, we are told in Romans 1 that God gives the unbeliever over to punishment. And three times in this section of Romans 1, we are told that God hands over the unbeliever to basically sexual immorality, living for one's desires. This word give over is used in the Gospels to describe Pilate handing Jesus over to be scourged and Judas handing Jesus over in betrayal. The word literally means to hand over or to give back or deliver into the hands of. In other words, God's response is to give those who suppress the truth into the hands of their unbelief. And the unbeliever is forced to live with the consequences of his rejection of the truth. What are these consequences? Well, we see in verses 24, 26, and 28 that God hands the unbeliever over to impurity and disgrace. One of the common characteristics of those who suppress the truth is that they specifically don't want God limiting their sexuality. As a result, God gives them over to the lust of their hearts to the extent that they become unclean and without honor. The idea of being unclean or defiled harkens back to the Old Testament need to become ritually clean before an Israelite could approach God. Until he cleansed himself according to God's directions— The Israelite remained impure and could not approach God. On the other end of the scale was the pagan worshiper who defiled himself with his debased worship of his gods, brutal sacrifices, and gross immorality. The pagans in Canaan were so inhuman that the land vomited them out, we are told in Leviticus 18.28. The point here is that when God hands a person over to the lusts of his heart, he has to live with the resulting uncleanness. I've noticed this in practicing apologetics. Sometimes you're in discussion with someone answering their questions, maybe even showing that the objections that they have against the Christian faith really don't stand up to scrutiny. And when it finally all comes down to it, they may abandon their intellectual arguments and simply say, listen, I don't want someone telling me that I can't sleep with my girlfriend. I think about the atheistic philosopher Thomas Nagel who says that the thought of a divine being 
uh, in authority over him to whom he's accountable was a repugnant thought. That is at the root of much of unbelief and the suppression of unbelievers. And it's not just sexuality. It's every kind of desire. Think about the threefold temptation that James speaks of, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It may not be sexual desire for some people. For some, it might be pride and arrogance. For others, it's greed and covetousness. The point, though, is that they simply don't want God to tell them that they can't do the things that they desire to do. In this passage, we're told that God allows unbelievers to dishonor their bodies among themselves and become slaves to their passions. This speaks of the lack of dignity that comes from rejecting God's ways. Think about if you've ever met someone who is enslaved to alcohol or drugs, the pitiful, almost inhuman state that that brings them to. By rejecting the glory of God, the unbeliever becomes undignified as he who is made in the image of God worships animals, birds, and things that creep along the ground, as we're told in verse 23. The point there is that the more a person suppresses the truth of God, the more inhuman they become, the more they surrender their dignity as human beings in order to continue in their idolatrous worship. Their minds dwell on the most worthless and beastly thoughts. The list that concludes Romans 1 details the extent of the baseness by listing 21 descriptions of the wickedness of those who suppress the truth. And then Paul concludes with a stunning statement. Not only do those who do such things know they are deserving of death, they encourage others to do them also. So this is the end of our section on understanding unbelievers. And hopefully you've come to see that unbelievers are not people who are unaware of God's commands or unaware of God's existence or God's natural revelation in the world. They're quite aware. They're without excuse, but they still choose a lie over the truth. They still choose an image over glory. And they are condemned as a result of that. They're given over to their lustful desires. So what should we as Christians do about this? Well, we should not uh, remain in condemnation. Rather, this is where the gospel comes in. We must take the good news of Jesus to those who are suppressing the truth, to those who are under condemnation, so that they might have their eyes open to see the light of the glory of the gospel of Christ. As we move into future episodes, we're going to talk about exactly how to do that. I hope that this episode has helped you understand unbelievers better and to have a greater compassion and love for them in the same way that God does. May God richly bless your day. For more information on how you can host a practical apologetics conference at your church or to listen to past episodes, please visit apologeticsforthechurch.org.